So it's like we're dealing in different currencies. You know, I'm trying to spend money in, in pesos and they're spending in the euro. We're not even spending the same currency. So that's, I think, one reason why the Flip My Funnel movement caught on so well is that, and even ABM, by focusing on the account first, marketers are, are getting closer to their sales counterparts. As a marketer, making sure you're speaking the same language as and using the same currency as your sales team is critical to your overall success. Today's episode is all about that. Predictive marketing helps determine which accounts to target and creates a dialogue between marketing and sales. Our guest, Jessica Cross, is the director of audience marketing for EverString, a company hoping to help marketers better predict their customers and prospects. But first, I had to ask, what does the director of audience title mean? It was very much purposeful coming up with the title director of audience marketing versus demand generation. The notion being that with predictive, I have a point of view on my addressable market. Predictive lets me know who I should be targeting, hence why it fits in so nicely with account-based marketing strategy. So rather than being focused on just creating demand for a product, I, I'm focused on activating, accelerating, and engaging my audience. Hence the title of, of audience marketing. It's a way for marketers to start getting back to maybe some more tried and true methods of, of, of marketing and actually focusing in on who their real audience actually is. And I think demand generation, while it's fantastic, it has given me a career, has allowed marketers to maybe just focus more on just volume, send as many emails as possible, do five webinars a month kind of style of marketing. And, they're so caught up in the volume, they, they forget about who their actual market is. I want to dive even deeper, Jessica, into that. I mean, what do you think that sort of mentality developed from? I mean, is it just sort of always as marketers, you know, trying to have KPIs and, you know, having volume is sort of the easiest way to just measure your results? Is that sort of where that ultimately came from, you think? Yes. I also would say that funnel marketers, we spend a lot of time measuring our funnel analyzing conversion rates, analyzing how much we have in each stage of the funnel. And then come year end, when the board decides to say, oh, we're going to grow by 4x, most marketers then look, at, look to their funnel and say, okay, now our funnel needs to grow by 4x. You know, if I did 1,000 MQLs a month last year, suddenly I need to do 4,000 MQLs a month this year, but your budget stays the same. <laughs> um, I think funnel marketers, of course, we need to be analyzing how we're doing and our progress. I think the, the importance comes actually from being hyper-focused on the funnel. What do you think about that, I guess, hyper-focus, Jessica? I feel like folks are sort of trying to get away from that a little bit at Flip My Funnel. I mean, what do you think that sort of says about this sort of new age, I guess, of demand generation that we are sort of going into right now? Um, I think it's a good moment, and I think a lot of demand generation marketers have, have woken up to the reality that putting, you know, four times the number of leads into the top of the funnel does not equate four times sales. If you are looking to expand your business, you, you have to think through what new segments, what new audiences, what new industries can I expand into, rather than just trying to, as I would say, shove more and more leads into the top of the funnel. This is part of a larger issue. We touched on this a little bit earlier, but I want to sort of go a little bit deeper here into how sort of marketers have had historical issues with their conversion rates too. Because I, you know, as you said, you know, shoving more into the top doesn't necessarily, you know, 
ultimately result in, in more qualified leads, I guess, for the sales team. So uh, what does this sort of say, I guess, about conversion rates and our ability to change an MQL to, you know, an SAL and ultimately get a, a win-loss as a result? I think it actually gets more into understanding the difference between a marketing qualified lead, which is just an individual person, and a marketing qualified account. By focusing more on what the whole, I think, message of Flip My Funnel was getting marketing closer aligned to what sales actually need and actually what sales has been doing all along which is account-based selling. So if marketers are, are purely focused on a lead number, it creates a disconnect because sales reps, they sell to the account. When you're trying to determine, you know, what an MQA ultimately is, I mean, he's, does that need to come from your sales team? Does it need to come from your marketing team saying, hey, this is who you guys should be looking at? Where, where do you sort of, I guess, develop what an MQA looks like? Well, I can tell you where a QA should, should come from, a qualified account. In my mind, I feel predictive vendors should be the start, the starting point for identifying a target account list. Um, that way, it's, it's an impartial, data-driven approach to figuring out which accounts, which companies actually are a good fit for your solution. And that's what EverString does, is we can develop what I call you know, a predictive target account list for companies. That's what I'm using internally. Otherwise, if you were to leave it up to the sales guys, they would probably pick the companies that they've already sold to at previous jobs, or they would pick the Fortune 500, even if our solution doesn't integrate with Fortune 500 companies, <laughs> or they would pick companies in the very first half of the alphabet. It's a funny one, but I have definitely seen target account lists that are heavily skewed to the first like 12 letters of the alphabet because the sales reps, you know, they get to, you know, oh, I've picked 20, I'm done. And they haven't picked anything that starts with an M, a P, an R, an S. So that's what happens there. You know, if, and if you leave it up to marketing, marketing will try to do some analysis of their existing CRM data. You know, that's, that's usually weak. People always complain that they have dirty data in the CRM. So, again, in my opinion, you should go with a third-party external vendor that has a huge data cloud, that has data science, that has a predictive algorithm, that can help you hone in on who are, you know, the, the top 1,000, the top 2,000 companies that you should be targeting next with your sales and marketing efforts. So the long answer just on how to pick the account, where, where the M comes in on the MQA, I feel like that's actually still being developed. You know, is it that they spent some time on the website? Is it that they came by the booth? Did they engage with a webinar? What's that level? What's that threshold of engagement with your brand and with your company? That, that makes them actually qualified and ready to talk to sales, that I feel is still being developed as we, as we, as we grow this category. I'm curious, though, in sort of using data and in using predictive technology, what are some of the factors that sort of go into determining what ultimately a qualified account uh, should look like for you? Sure. Well, the process is that we, we analyze a set of successes, usually retrieved out of the, your CRM, your sales force, Success can typically look like either, you know, this account made it all the way to proposal stage, or maybe it made it all the way to taking a meeting. Or you want to go so far as to looking at all of your, you know, your closed one deals. You know, you pick whatever stage that you're trying to predict in your, in your funnel. 
from there, we analyzed all those records, and then we also analyzed all the negative records, all the ones that were disqualified or rejected, to get a, a picture of the digital fingerprint of your ideal customer. From there, we then analyzed, I think we have over, I'd say like 20,000 different data signals in our, our data cloud. And using the machine learning algorithm, it, it figures out what combination of positive and negative signals make up your ideal customer. Every model is different for every one of our customers. Some focus more on, on the social signal. Some focus more on the firmographic or the technographic. There's no one signal on its own. That's like, I, I get this question a lot from my, from my customers. Like, well, what's the best signal in our model? I'm like, well, it's, it's not just one. You know, it's a combination of, you know, 300, and it's the combination of, of the, the way they interplay against each other. But using uh, the machine learning algorithm, it, it figures that out. So from that model, then we can identify who across, you know, the United States and North America looks like your existing customer set. And that's how we're able to search up in the next, you know, 1,000 accounts that your sales and marketing team should be focusing in on. Like your customers, I sort of have heard, you know, you should look at technographics or you should look at demographics, but I think that's a great point that you need to sort of, you know, look at an aggregate of all all of the, you know, variables that ultimately contribute. So perfect, perfect answer there, Jessica. And I want to now transition into uh, the Flip My Funnel conference. Uh, you obviously were at the roadshow, and I want to hear uh, for our listeners if you could just give a sort of quick synopsis of what your presentation uh, was about. I presented with my good friend and customer, Adam Dewaterson. He's the CMO of Lean Data. He uses our solution, and I use his solution at Lean Data. What we presented were, in my mind, very tactical steps that marketers can take to implement an ABM strategy. I consider myself more tactical than like a high-level strategic, and I feel like in presentations, folks really appreciate the, the, getting those key takeaways. So basis of our presentation were, you know, like, here are the six steps that you should take. Number one, select your target account. Number two, identify your decision makers. Three was, was come up with the key messaging um, that's going to resonate with those decision makers. Adam talked a lot about how you build out a messaging framework for each person within that organization that you know how to speak to the buyer, you know how to speak to the influencer, you know how to speak to the technical implementation person. And then we talk through different styles of campaigns, ABM campaigns that you can run against your target account list to, as I said before, activate, engage, and accelerate those accounts through your funnel. And final question here, Jessica. Uh, five years from now, do you think, uh, will we as marketers focus more on uh, marketing to accounts? And uh, if so, how will predictive sort of impact that? I say yes, but I also see this as part of a larger movement where between sales, marketing, and CS are coalescing more towards what I call like a revenue team, that those three entities should have, I don't know if it reports to like a chief revenue officer or reports to a CMO, but there should be one department that's responsible for the customer journey and responsible for, you know, of course, bringing in new business, but retaining the renewal business. And if marketers can focus themselves more on like the overall account and the overall health and wellness of their customers, it's just going to bring them closer to revenue and you know earn them that seat at the table. I feel like we've been talking about for so long. I think that's a perfect way to end here, Jessica. So uh, how can our listeners find out more about you and about Everstream? Well, of course, visit us at everstream.com um, and also check out our blog and our resources section. Um, I have the privilege of working with a really great content team, and they produce 
volumes of fantastic materials. Um, we just called it Demand Acceleration, all about this topic on now that you have this target account list, what are the campaigns that you should be running to activate your target account list? So I welcome you to come visit the website, check out our ebook, check out our blog. Um, you can also find us on Twitter, LinkedIn, Facebook, all those great places. Fantastic. Well, uh, thanks again, Jessica, for joining me today. A great, great episode, and I uh, really appreciate your time. Thank you. If you are listeners would like to find out more about B2B Nation's Marketing Edition, check us out on SoundCloud, iTunes, or Twitter. Give us a follow or subscribe. Just let us know you're there. Thanks for listening.